Boxes fans, and welcome back to another edition of the U.S. Boxes Podcast. Coming to you live, as always, from various time zones around the United States. As always, I'm your host, Matt Folks, joined by my three wonderful co-hosts all over the country. Uh, just a few things have happened since uh, our last show, guys. So let's... Uh, we got plenty to discuss. Uh, first up north from me in uh, Del Mar, Mr. Chris Warner. How are you, handsome? Mate, I'm buzzing. What a what a day. What a, what a lot of fun Saturday was. Three on the bounce, top of the league. Yeah, absolutely brilliant, mate. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, we were singing loud and proud uh, here in San Diego, as I'm sure y'all were uh, in New York City. Mr. Jason Becker of the New York Foxes. Yes, uh, it was a good turnout in New York. Unfortunately, I've been a healthy, well, not a, I've been a scratch uh, from the lineup all week with COVID, but I'm finally back feeling better. It's great to see the whole gang here together again. And then, you know, as we're recording this, I believe the uh, Lester Curry Awards were going on tonight. So congratulations to all the winners at the, uh, at the spicy Lester Curry Awards. It does look like a pretty fun event. I, I may have to go one year. That would be incredible. I can't even imagine. And I know Chris, being the connoisseur of curry that you are, uh, there would be you would be very interested in in the turnings out. Oh, I, I yeah. I mean, oh yeah. I, I'll just I could have a podcast on my own about the joys of curry from Leicester. He, so I'll just say yes, please, Matt. He's not kidding, uh, Mr. Jim Harris down in Texas of the Houston Foxes. How are you, buddy? I'm thinking about curry now, so not much else well, to talk about. Yeah, I'm doing well, I, I wonder. If it's, yeah. Good. I wonder if it's like uh, spiciest, most unique. Like what? What the? Uh, you know what? Uh, while we're are. doing the pod, I'll see if I can look up the categories of of awards. Perfect. Today. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you guys uh, for joining us. Like we said, uh, just a few things have happened uh, since the last time we talked to y'all. Uh, most notably, three wins on the bounce, as Chris said, nine points. Uh, out of some matches that many thought would be some of our toughest tests of the year, depending on who you talk to. Certainly preseason, a lot was made of Norwich and what they would be able to do. And a lot was made of, obviously, Southampton. And uh, frankly, boys, uh, (laughs) we couldn't ask for much more than this. Uh, Jimmy, I'll start with you. Things are clicking, and uh, Enzo has the engine running pretty clean right now. Oh, there they are. I think we, we've we started purring. Not, as I think Enzo said, it's not still where he wants it to be. So I think we've said this a couple of times. Look, if if we start clicking and firing for 90 minutes, someone's going to get a shellacking, and that will be fantastic to see. But I think over the, the week, we've seen you know him using the squad, rotating players, and um, continuing this sort of the style that we've now become accustomed to which is causing us to you know draw teams in and hit them on the break and i think we potentially have you know the new zinazine zizan in central midfield as well in in wilf so i'm 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 a happy camper (laughs) right now wilf wilf doing cruyff turns is certainly something that i did not have on my lester uh bingo checklist for this season um yeah, you know, to an outsider, if you're not watching our matches and you look down the, the score lines outside of the Southampton 4-1, you 
you know, you see a lot of twos, ones, two zero, one zeros. And I really think that if you haven't been watching the games, it might lead you to think that Leicester, you know, yeah, they're winning, but it's just skin their teeth when it's actually the exact opposite. I feel like every one of these games, we are just, whether it's selfish players not passing, which we can get into that, uh, or it's just, you know, things not clicking fully. I have no doubt that some of these results could have been five, even six, nothing, Jason, or six, one right in there. Just, it's, it's, it just seems like it's not all quite there yet. Um, yeah, I, I actually don't, I don't think that any of these results that uh, I, I don't think we're there yet, but I think we're getting there. I, I, I don't think it'll be long until we see, you know, a, a five, one or six, one. I mean, Four one's pretty impressive too away, so uh, I'll take that. Now I'm not going to pretend like we're just going to just do this to every team week in week out. Uh, we're going to have a lot of tough games like like we have had, you know, against the Hull and you know Bristol City made it did make it tough uh, on us. We could have been a little bit better in front of goal, but they they really um, were well organized in the back and and really crammed um, the defensive third of, of the field. So. Um, where you know, I, I think we might have been a little lucky in some games, like like the Coventry game, you know, beginning of the season. But I think Matt, I completely agree though when I look at the squads and our squad, our eleven against any eleven that we've played so far this year, and our bench against any bench that we've gone up against. You can see that this team is is deep. Um, this squad is really talented for the division, and there is there is a, a talent gulf there. And I, I think we're um, we're good, decent value. I think for all the points that we've gotten this year, uh, but I, I think we're trending in the right direction. And um, I don't think there's better evidence of the just the quality throughout the squad and, and and the deepness of the squad than there was for us to get you know three wins in three games in a week right after the international break, and to do that with a heavily rotated squad. Uh, against quality championship opposition says a lot about where we are right now and and what we could become. You know, we're still only eight games into the into the league, so I'm very very excited for what we're going to see going forward. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about, and you know, no disrespect to Rotherham and teams like that, but when you look at who we beat and where we beat them, I mean, to to go into Southampton, to go to Norwich, and and to get those results on the road, it just speaks to, you know, a confidence level that this club seems to be rolling with right now. And we said after the, it was hard to judge things until we got to that international, well, not even the international break, sorry, the trade deadline is what I meant to say. After the trade deadline, we, we knew that we would have solidification in the squad and then we would really see things start to click. And that's exactly what we've done so far, Chris. Yes, mate. I I was I was trying to think those the last three games, um, for me personally, when was the last time I felt that good consecutively watching Leicester? And it takes me back to 2019 when we went on that crazy run under Rodgers when we won 11 on the bounce or whatever it was in the Premier League. Like, it just, like Jason said, it clicked. And I think one of the things that is happening, and you can see this, is that with progressively every game, it does look like that something, even if it's a little thing, that Enzo's tried to do on the training ground 
has manifested onto the field and we've started to continue to see improvements in the team. And I think Jason's bang on. Like, we'll batter it. We, we did batter a team. We bat, I mean, let's not... Southampton was a, was probably one of the most... I mean, Plymouth had a great result this weekend, which was kind of crazy. But before that, that was probably one of the most, if not the most impressive performance in the championship, I think, that Leicester game. And so it's all exciting, mate. I can't... Uh, Enzo, Enzo, I thought we knew Enzo Ball was going to be good. I think we all on this podcast hoped that it would be good enough to get us where we are. But I think the best thing about it to me is that I am just, it's just such a pleasure to watch us now. And I'm so excited by that. And I, I can't wait. Yeah. Roll on the net, roll on the weekend, roll on Liverpool and then roll on Blackburn at the weekend, mate. Well, just saying a stat like, nine points in eight days first of all that is the the most championship thing ever but to get nine points in eight days guys that is just a a two you know two on the two tough road matches like we said but then to come home and get the job done against a bristol city with just a textbook nigel pearson low block and and to get that result was huge on a fucking emotional day for everyone Uh, i mean yeah just just it could have been one of those games that we talk about a trap game absolutely could have been and the boys come out they get the result jim um that was so good to see well you say so good to see but some of us didn't get to see it for the first 15 minutes <laughs> okay, or so, yeah. did we? Um, 25 <laughs> but i think you know let's not we can talk about the the foxes hub you know, streaming debacle for most the most of the the fans li- watch, listening in the US will will know what we mean as we scrambled around, you know, frantically pressing refresh, trying to get something to work. If it worked, then you tried to do something, it stopped and it kicked you out, and it was it was a nightmare. Um, I think it was Nigel's white trainers, you know, blocking the satellite um, or some <laughs> satellite feed or something. Not sure. Um, I think his crutches were intercepted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or his crutches were the alloy in the crutches. Exactly, you know they were, they they were linked to his tin hat. No, um, so anyway, um, yeah, I think it was a really good game, you know, uh, to watch. With um, you know, as I said, you know, joking aside, like you know, Wilf, Wilf sort of was playing amazingly well in in, mid, in midfield. I think you know it was, it was one of the games where I, you know, I think that this week he put together some you know really good performances, and but I think he. This was the best performance I've seen from Will Fall around. I think he was um, sublime with some of the touches that he had. He was a driving force, and you know he obviously won the penalty that you know with with some mad skill mo- moves. And then I think it was then beaten by Vardy's finish, top bins right. That was probably the best penalty I've seen him take ever. And the only thing that was better than the finish was the celebration with some as Matt Piper and, you know, on Radio Leicester called it top rustling, you know, I don't think they could, I think we can be less PG and I think call it shithousery, right? But when will away fans learn not to sing Jamie Vardy, your wife is a grass? Dude, um, they're not going to learn. It's especially before he is, you know, about to take a penalty because you could hear them singing it right before he took it. And that celebration was just amazing. And yeah, let's talk. He went, right? Perfect, dude. 
Well, let's talk about that penalty real quick because between the four of us, we've seen literally every penalty the man has ever taken. And it was very different. Um, I think we all were expecting the fucking cannon down the middle. I think Chris was even saying it at the bar, like, here it comes down the middle as hard as he can. And we were expecting that. Instead, it was a little in-step top corner beauty, Jason. What I mean, is this a more refined Jamie Vardy? And then the celebration, I mean, like- just not nah, same one. It's the same one. He showed us after the goal that you know, he, he's still the same guy. But um, yeah, I mean, it just shows like he, he if he steps up to that ball last year, I, I just don't know if we're feeling as confident, you know, with the way that his season kind of went. And it showed that even though the goals haven't been coming like by the hatful for him, he's playing with a lot of confidence. And I think it speaks to, um, to him uh, and the quality that he has and his professionalism. Uh, I think it says a lot about Maresca, um, how he's kind of getting the best out of, out of the side. Um, and I mean, I, it was, it was a perfectly placed. It was just, there's no way, no keeper in the world is stopping that penalty. It was just, it was gorgeous. It was a hell of a finish. But um, just before that though, Wilfred indeed wins the penalty. And I have to say, like, one of my favorite things ever is when a player celebrates winning a penalty. And it's just, like, it's usually, like, those players that aren't, like, the big-time goal scorers, the more, like, role players in the squad when they do that. And, like, Wilf celebrated winning the penalty. And I just, I don't know. I just I just think that's, like, it's sometimes somewhat unintentionally hilarious, but I think it's, it's great because it just shows, like, Hey, like I'm playing for the team, and this is something that's like huge for us. And I, I think back to that um, video of, of, of Dan and Marty when he was, um, you know, before he came to us. I think you know at Copenhagen when he ran down the length of the pitch to make a tackle and went all the way back down with a mask on his face, won a penalty, and celebrated winning the penalty. And I'm like, <laughs> that's the kind of attitude that I like to see in my players, and. Um, and you can just see, like, everyone's feeling it. Everyone's on the same page. Didi wins a penalty, but he knows he's not taking it. It's going it's going to the GOAT. And Vardy just, like, put that away just so so perfectly. And like you guys said, there's no chance in hell he's missing that after what he heard uh, coming from the, op- you know, from the far corner from the away end. And that's two penalties we've scored in a week. Like, when was the last time we didn't get a penalty and, like, like you said – crap ourselves that oh this isn't even going to be a goal like last season i think we kind of gave up even yeah. like getting a penalty there's no guarantee of scoring so <laughs> it's it's nice to see that we can actually put it in the back of the net again there was uh, a bit of discussion at the uh bluefoot here in san diego when the penalty was awarded first it was like who's going to take it there was a bit of a question because you know all last season and to your point Jim, now we don't have matters taken it. So, yeah, it, it does feel a little bit more confident <laughs> than his uh, penalties last year. Um, yes. But, yeah, uh, moving on, guys. I, I, But, yeah, I did want to circle back real quick, Jim. I don't know when people are going to figure out that if you sing to him, you get everything that you have no. coming, coming well, to I, you. I think I think that the goal against Southampton – like I, I, I was kind of thinking just while, while you guys were talking, 21 seconds to score the goal, 21 seconds to go, so solid crew, 
Whoop, whoop, Chris will know what I mean. Shout um, out I, I know you guys do as well. But um, don't you know, pump it up. Yeah, exactly. up. that is awesome. By the way, um, but I think what we've seen in sort of the last couple of weeks is like Vardy clicking a bit more, getting into it, linking up play. You know, I, I was even thinking back to like start of the season. We we're like, he shouldn't really be starting. He's, he kind of played, didn't really do much today, and we were like. Kalechi, this is it. This is the start for you. You got to get in. And I think credit to, as you said, Jason, credit to Maresca, but credit to Vardy. He's not like I'm too big for this league. He's not mailing it in. He's in fact like embracing the style. And I think there's been bits where it's like he has drifted out wide and maybe not got involved as much. But I think we've started. I think like Bristol City was a lot more. He got involved. He was doing the Vardy stuff. You know. He put a reducer in on Matty James as well at one point too, which I'm sure they had a, a chat about afterwards. But um, and I think it was after he got called for something else, and it was like he was pissed off. You could see it. And so I'm loving seeing that as well. It was just like, hit, I think all the things that added up of him getting a goal, free open play, doing all these things, getting the getting the needle, but playing well, and that led to the penalty and a you know Del Piero esque finish. You know, you, you guys know I have a man crush on Del Piero, so I've got to mention him. What, 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 I did not know that, Jim. So. One of the best, one of now the, best the whole world knows it. They do. I think one of the best things about Vardy this year as well is we, last year on the podcast, constantly bemoaned the lack of support that he had at the top yeah. of the pitch and the need for people to be around him to be at his best. And Enzo's seen that. And yes, he's playing a little bit deeper, but I think one of the best things we've been doing as well is, and it's so great to see, is like, we're piling forward. You you see it for everything. We are we are committing men forward, and that is that's got to be a confidence builder to Vardy as well, knowing that he's got players in and around him who can support him. Going yeah. back to the celebration, did you guys? The first that I twigged that something was going on was actually at the kickoff where Vardy just like bowed to the away fans. Did you guys catch that on the half? No, I didn't. He took he took a bow as well, and then it was only after the game that kind of you saw all of the yeah. shit housery. And I love the fact my favorite bit was the fact that JJ just didn't even bother to celebrate. He just he ran up towards Vardy, saw Vardy was going off to the away fans, and just gave up and was like, "It, oh, it looked like Vardy was telling the guys like, stay back, I've got this. Like, get away from me, I'm going up there.' Yeah." Epic. Uh, shout yeah, out. There JJ. was some. Uh, I saw a Bristol City. You, you know, I couldn't help myself on the on the New York Foxes account. But there was a Bristol City fan who, like, you know, responded like, "Oh, he's going to pay for this." And it comes to Ashton Gate, and I'm like, "Well, yeah, <laughs> heads up there, buddy. I'm about to go put the whole farm on him to score away at Bristol City." Yeah, that was amazing as well because I had zero context. So they just replied to a tweet from Bristol City saying. Vardy puts Leicester one nil up. It wasn't even anything like about the celebration <laughs> or the shit housing. So it's like if you just read it, like, oh, you're gonna give him crap because he scored a goal and did his job. What? Um, yeah, we said the man's name though. I did want to give a shout out to JJ who had to step up. Uh, Con- yeah. uh, Callum Doyle takes an unfortunate injury. Do we have any any of you three fine gentlemen have any updates on that? I was not uh, around the media today. Yeah, I couldn't really tell where he got hurt. I mean, he looked like he was fine, at, you know, through the half and coming off the pitch. There was some talk about there was one play where, you know, he, he and another player kind of both tried to come through a ball and, like, kicked each other sort of. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to rewatch really watch that. Um, 
but you know, not good to see you know a young player like that who's clearly you know as important, yeah, you know, an important member of our squad, even though he's on loan. You can see how Enzo is, keeps putting him out there, and um, just tough to see. I, hopefully, we get some decent news, but um, I think Enzo's presser will come out. It will be on Tuesday, right? Tomorrow, so yeah. Not long after this comes out, so we'll have to see what he says. But for sure, and, but uh, hey, but, shout out. Go yeah, ahead. Sorry. Relying, JJ comes in, and yeah. and, and I thought it looked very good. Yeah, that's. I mean, guys, shout out to the squad depth that we have. This is exactly what we were talking about. Like the amount of teams that would just salivate at mm. a player like JJ for, to be their starter. Uh, now we can rely on to come in, and I, you know, yeah. lots of people have been crying out for him to get a chance in the side anyway i think this is a good opportunity jim oh absolutely and you think like cody's not even got a sniff and look at the quality he's got and kind of saying like where, where's he gonna when's he gonna come back in is he gonna get is he gonna get a game and i wonder if we'll see him on i i, I wonder if we'll see him on wednesday but i also worry because I don't think it should be his first game back. Also, he was a Liverpool youth player, so he might be like overly amped of not being not being playing for a while. But I think he's got a pretty wise head on his on his shoulders. You know, yeah. Everyone, I'm, I'm shocked every time I see that he's only thirty. I keep thinking he's like you know thirty five yeah. and he's been around forever. But you know, he's got he, like he could play the way he does I- for another five years easily. I think it's because every time you see him, he's got his arm around a younger guy and he's, you know, oh, giving yeah. advice. Every fucking photo you see, the guy's doing the right thing. It's like, uh, it's unbelievable. I've never seen yeah. anything I, I like it in my life. It feels like he's been a captain of club captain forever, you know, yeah. like Wolves and, and then Everton, but he didn't get as much time game time at Everton. But he's always been one of those players that like made captain at, what well, I don't know, early 20s and then kind of kept going. But then again, when you when you do the trajectory of Wolves to Everton, it just feels like we had five years to your name just to like just because you've gone to those two clubs, it just seemed like yeah, oh, true. you're an experienced. You've got to be an experienced guy to have jumped from Wolves to Everton. It's like this really weird cliche that we have as football fans that like we just stereotype <laughs> these people that move around. So yeah, I'm not I'm yeah. not, kind of not surprised that he's only thirty, but hey, good for us. Well, let's also say how crazy. I mean, this is as good a time as any to give the proper shout out and to atone for our shit talk that we've done to a certain Danish uh, center back on this team. You guys, um, the reason I mean, early in the season, well, Vestergaard's only there until Connor gets healthy. Now Connor can't even get a shout because the Danish wall that is Yannick Vestergaard has turned his game up to a level that is the only thing you can say is I I'm sorry because I I was the first one with the nicknames and everything but holy shit uh, for a guy a player like this that knew how Leicester fans felt about him to just screw his head on right and say right I'm gonna do a job here and uh, not only that but I'm just gonna become the best version of myself and holy shit what Jason, this has just been, it's been insane. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if it's a drop off in, in the league or if it's, you know, something happening with him personally or if it's Enzo. Um, you know, I, I don't, uh, Rogers, you know, from the outside looking in, didn't always seem to do so great with his defenders. I mean, you can see how his relationship with Sayonchu was. And, um, 
I think it's Vestigar seemed to have come in and um, was faced with something very different than, than what he was sold on when he joined the club. And um, but credit to him for just like sticking through. And um, he does seem like he's a, a liked player around the around the squad. His teammates seem to to like him a lot. And yeah, I mean, I don't think he didn't do anything wrong. Like the last few games, he's like. If you look at the games as a whole, he may be our like might have been our best player like since the international break. He's he is clearing out everything. I mean, anything that goes near him is gone is out of the box. And then the way you know his confidence on the ball, um, you can see why Enzo insisted on playing him through the preseason, getting him up to speed. Like he hadn't played a lot of competitive football. So definitely it's gonna gonna take him some time to, to get back up to speed. But he's made up for and speaking of speed, he's kind of made up for a bit of his lack of pace with his positioning. I mean, he seems to just be in the right place every time. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm thrilled with with how he's playing. And and it's um incredible. Like you rarely see a player kind of turn things around this quickly with with, with the fans. Um, the closest thing I can think of recently maybe is Iannaccio. Um There were a lot of people that wanted him gone and, and to never play for the club again when he missed that chance against Man City. And uh, But then he worked hard. He scored so many big goals and kind of became you know a cult hero and people got to see a bit of his personality and he scored so many big goals. It was such a key part of us winning the FA Cup. But he still has his detractors. Everyone is singing Vestigar's praises right now. Everyone. There isn't a person out there that would say a bad word about him right now because he's playing that well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's undeniable. And shout out to Ollie who was telling us <laughs> at the beginning of this year, even when we were like, wait, did he just say Vestergaard was his man of the match? Ollie, our correspondent, you know, he, he's watching in those aways, away ends. He's seeing the work Yannick was putting in on that back line better than we can see on TV by a mile. And he told us, way back he was like guys he's he's a hell of a guy, player this year and it's, just, it's been just, incredible to watch yeah just imagine if he won a header how great he would be well but he has been he has been he's been he won a huge header uh against I'm I'm kind of, you know just kind of clean like we've he scored goal on his clearances. he should be dominating on that i'm like i can't wait for him to score a corner but jason you're spot on like people seem to like the players seem to like him he seems to be doing a lot of that, you know, organizing. I think it's sort of Doyle and Vestergaard are the, the two kind of lock-ins, aren't they, right now? I know Doyle kind of had a bit of a wobble. But, and then I think I think still think Fast is still a bit tentative on some of the stuff. There was one where actually Vestergaard, their chance from Bristol City game was, and I think it led to the free kick when, I don't think it was, I think it was a super soft free kick that Vestergaard gave soft. away, was... The ball bounced and 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 they kind of look, you know. I think Vestergaard was expecting Fast to just come and clear it and come right through and just go for it and just put it out. And he didn't. He backed away, backed away, and then Vestergaard had to kind of clean up. And then that was what eighty. That was right at the end, wasn't it? Eighty eighth minute or something. And then luckily it was uh, actually right at the end because it was Hermanson caught it, held it, and it was pretty much end of the game. So um, <clears throat> that's that's good to see. And now I think. 
we've got like the big thing you mentioned earlier, Matt, was Vardy's getting people around him. So we've got attacking threat on the front three. So, you know, we've got on the right, we're kind of rotating it. You know, Casey's coming in, doing a great, a great job when he turns up. You know, Fatou exciting again for, you know, when he started on Saturday. Um, you've, you know, you've got like other people, you know, coming through. So, um, so I think like that's good. And then obviously on the left, you've got like Map Mavadidi's like the shoe in, right? He's, I don't think he's, has he not been dropped for a game at all? Like maybe at the start, but when he wasn't fit, but when we signed him, you know, he's, he gets stronger. Like the thing I love about him is he puts in the whole 90 minutes and shift. And you think about the goal that was scored against Southampton was because he basically robbed the ball and then ran the length of the field and scored. You've got, you know, he won the penalty against Norwich because he's driving and, and, and putting in stuff, you know, yeah, could he have probably set up about three goals against Southampton? Yeah, but he got his goal in the end. And, you know, not sure I'll call him a ball hog, but he's a bit of a, you know, give me the ball. Yeah, give me the rock, LeBron James style. LeBron James um, doing that old, you know, Leicester LeBron. <laughs> I can imagine him doing the too easy. Less, yeah, less less the LeBron. That that might be a, a nickname that sticks. Um, another thing, guys, stacking up some shutouts now. That's three shutouts uh, on the year uh, for for young Mads as well. So the defense clicking and confidence in the goalkeeping as well. I think uh, just all positives um, going forward for our Foxes. And yeah, I I think it's it's. One of these situations where momentum in this league is everything and we've just got to keep it going. That being said, uh, Wednesday presents a unique challenge for us as, of course, we drew Liverpool in the FL Cup third round uh, at Anfield. Um, I guess we'll start with you, Jason. Your thoughts on this heading in? Obviously a tough matchup for us. If you are Enzo, how do you approach this? I think um, you kind of put out a put out a strong lineup and kind of keep rotating the way that you have. And um, I, I don't think that you approach this kind of any differently than you, you have in 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 the league. Um, it's it's a free hit. I know there's another tough game happening on on, on Sunday, but we do get the you know kind of extra day off there. Um, I. I say go for it. Like, what do you have to lose? Like, give, give these players a chance. Give them a chance to play against that, that you know, uh, a much faster, better opposition. And it might make Sunday's game against Blackburn, you know, feel a little bit slower to the players and, and you know, kind of give us that reminder of, like, hey, like, this is just the pace of, that the game is going to need to be played at if we do get promoted. So we can't forget about that. And uh, it might help us uh, on Sunday. So I say go for it. Um, I know there are so many games going on this year, 46 league games plus the cup. But, you know, so I, I get that you'll need to manage the, the workload there, but, you know, who knows who will draw in the FA Cup. We have no idea if we'll be able to go on any run there. So we might as well 
see what we can get. And an early round League Cup game, you know, for a side like Liverpool, they may go out and play the kids for the first half. So might as well see what we can get out of it. Yeah. <clears throat> It's, I'm, I'm excited to see some of our younger guys against that level of competition to your point and to see players can, you know, it's, that's such a good shout. Jason is a kind of a preview of what, how we look and, or how we could look next year. I mean, knock on wood, everything keeps going like it's going, but um, yeah, a player like Harry Winks, um, what, what he'll be able to do against, you know, a premier league uh, side like that. Um, Chris, your thoughts heading into Liverpool. I agree with Jason. I think we play, we treat it as a normal game. And I think naturally Enzo is going to rotate the squad. So I think we won't see the same 11, but I think we'll see a squad, we'll see an 11 that is competitive out there. And I think I echo Jason's point again, like it's a barometer test. I also think it's probably a chance for us as Leicester fans to be pegged a little bit back to kind of normality. I know we're all on cloud nine at this moment in time and we're preaching about how great it is. And yes, don't get me wrong, it is. But hey, like we might we might take a tanking on, on tomorrow and it might just let level the setters a little bit. But no, I don't I don't think we'll see kind of a lot of the a lot of things that we've not seen yet, simply because I think Enzo's done an incredible job rotating the squad around. And we have a core now of 16, 17, 18 players that I think as fans we're comfortable seeing in that starting lineup. So the only player I might, you might see, I mean, Winks and Ricardo haven't really had much of a rest, I don't think, so far this season. So maybe you'll see something there, but um, I expect a strong lineup, Matt. Yeah, that that would be interesting to see who, how he wants to work that out. Um, he almost think about a player like Connor Cody too, looking for a chance to get in, and and but it's also like, do you drop him in right against fucking Liverpool? So I, there's definitely uh, some questions that Enzo's going to uh, have to figure out, Jimmy. Yeah, I I just want no injuries on Wednesday night. Same. Like I think. As Chris said, I think Winks is the sort of player who could play 60 games a season because he is so intelligent with what he does. He doesn't like, I don't, I'd be interested to see how many miles he's run per game, but it doesn't seem like he moves much, but everything he does is so very efficient and he lets the ball do the talking. Um, obviously, probably Doyle is not going to play. I was just looking at the lineup that when we played Tranmere, if that's any indication of the last game and Stella chicken goal. I think he'll probably get another start. It seems like he's the cup goalie in it. And the Enzo wants to sort of give enough rotation, you know, whether he's going down the Arteta route of the goalkeeper is also, uh, you know, part of my squad now and the whole, like I could sub a goalie mid game, just like I sub any other player. I'm not sure Enzo goes that far. Um, I think JJ will probably start. I think the pace that he has, I'm wondering if he'll come in because he came, interestingly he played on the left, I you know and we didn't see sort of Ricardo swap yeah. to the left back on against Bristol. So I wonder if JJ up against Salah if he does start or just in kind of anticipation of Salah starting. Um, obviously, if Liverpool like start their proper team, they've got like two wingers. Like Luis Diaz is also freaking terrifying. He always seems to do. He always does the damage against us more than Salah. I think recently yeah, he does. Um, yeah, so that'd be interesting back line. I wonder if Hamza will get a game in midfield just to kind of be a bit more solidity and maybe go and chop down some some players. Um, you know, maybe Marky Mark will get a game as well. You know, 
it'd be nice to see Kevin come and get a game. He's been very patiently on the bench every week. I think the biggest one is going to be Cassidy. And is he going to come on? And I don't think he's after his like amazing start of that goal. I don't think he's done much more. He seems still like yeah. not quite up to the speed of games in the same way that some of the <laughs> others are. And so that will be interesting to see if he starts. And then it'll be like, again, like, will, 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 will KDH get a rest or not? Will, will Mavadidi get a rest? You know, I think now we've got the luxury of wingers, so we might see, you know, Akun come in or someone like that as well. Go yeah. ahead, Jason. And, you know, speaking of, of, of pace and, and the wingers that we have, um, I've been really impressed with Fatawu. I think he's looked great. Yeah. And he's young. I'm sure he'll be fine to go again midweek. Um, I'd love to see him out there again. I like, I want to see him all the time. Uh, yeah. Based off these first few games, he just he's constantly creating something. You don't know quite the defenders don't quite know what he's going to do. He brings a sort of chaos to the game in a good way, and no, you know, can be very direct. Has a cannon of a shot that he could unleash at any time. It's probably our best crosser of the ball too. I mean, the kid can kind of do it all uh, offensively, so. Get him out there. Let him. Let him. Let him see. You know. Let him test himself against against these big boys. Yeah, I really. Yeah. yeah, I think too. We talked this year about how there's an extra difficulty for us as quote unquote the big dogs in the league as everybody that we play is going to see it as an audition, right? That I want to show what I can do against the big guys. And it's kind of nice that now our boys will be having that on Wednesday because yeah. I can see a Fatawu guy, you know, I think one of the most exciting left fucking feet that we've had on this team in a long time. Uh, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I'm super stoked to see what he Yeah, does. and, you know, everyone's been talking about, oh, Enzo planned, not everyone, some people, um, some, some detractors have been, bemoaning a lack of a plan B. Well, you know, we seem to like to have the ball. So let's see, you know, let's see what we do do against the Liverpool side. It's probably going to have a lot more of the ball. I mean, we were pretty comfortable doing that. I mean, listen, Southampton and Liverpool, very different levels right now. But we let Southampton have a bit more of the ball when we played them and took our, you know, picked our spots there. So it's going to be really interesting to see. And if anyone, you know, was insane enough to to get up and, and and watch that stream of our friendly against them in know, thailand singapore where, where i don't remember where it was we looked really good for the first you know 20 30 minutes of that game playing out of the back i mean i do think it was a little bit of a kind of you know liverpool just kind of feeling this out and figuring out how, what they can do to break us down but uh it'll be interesting to see you know they played a pretty solid lineup so it'd be interesting to see Kind of, you know, now that we've had a little bit of time together, they've had a little bit of time together. Let's, you know, let's see how we match up against them now. That's a great shout. Yeah, I think we'll learn as much about our team, or I think we'll learn as much about our manager as we will our team uh, on Wednesday, guys. Because seeing how he sets up, and if you know, if he's, <laughs> this is how we're gonna fucking play, and that is it, or if there is a little bend uh, to his philosophy. So I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, two things I have written down here that uh, during the discussion I wanted to give shout outs to. First of all, 
Uh, Harry Winks versus Southampton. You guys, a stat that just blew my fucking mind. 83 of 83 on his passes. 100% passing. 83 of 83. Chris, <laughs> when you Enzo say numbers, Mo, like, what? Enzo what? Mo. That's it, isn't it? That's what he wants. Just That's his job. It's just to be the, the conductor. It's to lay a pass, find another player, lay another pass, find a bit of space, and move forward. And I'll, I'll just say, I'm, one thing I wanted to get on my... I know we've not got much time left, but um, great. I thought Enzo was great this week in his press conference, talking directly to the fans. And in particular, I thought it was great that he was like asking them at the KP at the weekend to be louder and to understand what he's trying to do. And that quote about Mads can have the ball for 30 seconds and I don't care was absolutely wonderful. I thought that was great and a great kind of description of what we are as a team. And I think that goes again with what you just said and the fact that Winks didn't lay a pass off in, a, in and he laid it off 83 out of 83 times, which, yeah, great stat. I, ca I can't imagine as many Leicester players in the history of the club that have gone... Yes, they may like five for five, but if you go and say above 50 passes, not that many that have gone yeah. literally 100% completion that's, rate. That's incredible. Um, it, and I think, too, go ahead, sorry. No, no, go ahead, Matt. Well, I was just going to say when we were at the bar, I'm, I was talking to Chris, and I, I literally was just like, man, this is I've, – I've got my head now wrapped around Enzo football to the point where the first half, if we don't score – cool because we're literally a cat playing with a mouse at that point if it, it, it you can see it we're literally just wearing them down wearing them down wearing them down um indeed he's penalty like a lot of people were telling oh you had to be the only way it could be bristol was by a penalty those penalties are what happens when you have fucking 85 percent possession you guys and it like that's just going to be a part of of the offense going forward and man is it cool to see this stuff starting to work guys like it it really is it's all i will, I will say though matt we need to tighten up that first 15 minutes after half time i mean i think yeah. All, especially the Norwich game and somewhat of the Bristol City game, like we struggled for the first ten. I don't know what we're doing at halftime, but we we come out the blocks a little. Whether whether we're coming out a little bit slower or they're co the opposition's coming out a little bit more aggressive, I'm not sure. But there's definitely that first ten fifteen minutes is kind of squeaky yeah. bum time a little <laughs> bit, and I think that's something we need to work on. Well, it also too, Chris, it might be that, you know, that first 15 minutes is when whatever the opposing manager just said is right in their heads. And then it takes just a little bit of time for them to remember that, yeah, Leicester's just a different class over us thus far. Yeah. Um, I think what, what you guys are saying, and I think, you know, talking about Winks and what how it leads into all of this, I think says a lot kind of about us and our identity that we actually have one. And Winks was cool. such a perfect signing like all of these signings make sense we know where they're fitting in we have a clear if the fans now like the four of us have a clear idea of kind of what enzo ball is what he's trying to get out of of this side and we can see it and enjoy it that means the players are definitely can see it too and you can see that everyone is on the same page the players have all bought it and they really respect Enzo, but every player from the front to the back, they're on board.
with what he's doing. And it's really just awesome to see. We haven't had that kind of unity throughout the, the, the club and it's building in the fan base. We haven't had that in a while. And like our periods of our best success, we always had an identity. When, when Martin O'Neill set up his side, you knew how Martin O'Neill was going to set the side. You knew what he was going to do with those wing backs. You knew how he was going to have those guys whipping the crosses and, and, and how he had those big, tough defenders and what they were going to do with the back. And then you know, if he needed to, he'd throw one up front. When we played well under Pearson, um, it was great to see him back. Uh, we had an identity under him. I mean, we did play some some nice looking football going through, but you had eleven guys who were just like all eleven guys at the pitch were just always looked like they were going to run through a wall for him. You right. saw that in Bristol City. I mean, those those players were very committed to him, and you could see how he's changed the culture there. Um, Ranieri, look, he set up almost the same way every game. You knew what you were getting out of us. You could call the starting eleven there, but we everybody was on the same page and played really well. Early on in Rogers' time, you know, kind of, uh, it's tough for us to kind of define it, but um, there was a bit of, of unity there. But we've lost it now for for a few seasons. There was no Lester way, and now we finally have Enzo Ball, right? And we have an identity that's like here in the squad. We know how this side's going to play, and. Um, and when it's done well, it's effective and it's enjoyable to watch. And I, and I think we can all see that it's, it's going to get better. Enzo had a great quote after the game, like saying, or maybe it was before before this weekend's game, just reminding everyone still how early it is that, you know, he used, he said, oh, I had to um, ask two people for, you know, how to get from the change room to lunch because, you know, still I haven't really been here that long. It's just like, keep that in mind. But one thing I will say about this, guys, everything that he's told us, every time he's spoken directly to the fans, whenever he's had the opportunity, everything he said has happened. He's described this the squad and the way they want to play, even though he's kind of kept his cards for just he, – he's described it well. The, the, the frustrations in the game, he's called out. He's told the fans to give it time. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. Um. He's been very clear with everyone, and everything that he's saying is is happening. So um, I don't know. It's just it. That, I think that listen, wins are always fun and, and great, and but I think that um, has something to do with with everyone's enjoyment and and how we're all starting to kind of fall back in love with with Leicester City football um, because we kind of you know can identify and what we're trying to do and what this manager is trying to do with the side. And man, is there better proof that he has his, you know, locker room firing on all cylinders as well when he's naming guys like Hamza Chowdhury as a captain. What a, what a brilliant, just awesome little slight thing that you can do to just build that confidence in not only Hamza, but also the rest of the locker room. Here's a guy that has put in the work for this club, for this city, for this badge, for this long, and now he's being rewarded with it by wearing the arm badge in a massive away match against fucking Norwich. Like, I, it's just, it's, everything is you know, I, I, we're Leicester fans, so I, I really get nervous when I start feeling too good. Uh, but I tell you what, boys, right now I'm I'm just feeling great. And I think, you know, 
we'll learn a lot Wednesday about this club, I think, yeah. going forward. So uh, after that, we've uh, obviously we'll just touch real quick on uh, so Liverpool, and then we've got a tough one, a revenge match. Uh, if you remember last season, although you forget it, but a revenge match coming up against Blackburn on Sunday. So um, early one. 4 a.m. on the West Coast. Uh, so we will not be at the Blue Foot if you guys, they will not open that early. So this one will be well, watched you'll, from. You'll be up uh, anyway because houses. you'll be watching the Ryder Cup. That too. Yep. We'll be up. We'll yeah. be up. We're going to become nocturnal this weekend. Nocturnal big, and. For the listeners here, it's a big, it's a big, big weekend um, uh, uh, for this, for this foursome. Um, on the pod, the, the Ryder Cup, and we're evenly split, um, two two USA um, Europe, which I guess Jim means uh, a two two a draw means that we we ret- we retain the cup, right? No one wants to see that. No one wants to draw. No one. The only thing we can agree on is the fact that nobody wants to draw in the Ryder Cup. This is this is not cricket. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Uh, so, yeah, guys, uh, we'll just wrap it up there. I think that's a perfect spot to stop. Uh, I know, I know, <laughs> I know that we had uh, great turnouts this week in San Diego. Like we said, New York was representing. I know the Rochester Foxes were doing their thing up north. So, yeah, guys, please keep sending us in the group photos. Philly Foxes, shout out to you guys. Because, um, yeah, we love to see it and just keep it building. I don't know how many people are going to be able to get together Wednesday. Uh, I know San Diego Foxes are not going to be doing anything because of work and all that. But if you can get yeah, together, we'll, send us some photos. Well, we'll be doing something. I I may not be there, but um, the game the game will be on that that football factory. So if you are in New York City, you can get down, and I I know you'll find a few of us there to watch with. Yeah, awesome. Well, also I don't think we've got we've gone 49 minutes on this pod without pointing out that we're top of the league as well so i think maybe that's just a, just a just shock. like enzo we don't really look at the league we're only you know we're still exactly. too early into it, exactly. right? so. perfect well thank hey, y'all hey, for joining hey, us hey. anything anything final guys before i give out the clothes that i've forgotten or looked over i'm sure it will when we're condensing three matches into one here I would just, um, you know, just because I kind of left a, a cliffhanger at the beginning of the pod for anyone who's made it through, uh, just so you know, Kayali won Restaurant of the Year at the Leicester <laughs> Curry Awards. So, well done to them. Um, I am putting them on my list along with um, Herb or Herb, as you guys would say, Restaurant. Uh, big upset for me because uh, Shivali is always always my pick for, for vegetarian curry and lesser so i will have to um see what this uh this whole herb business is is all about next time i'm over so i, I will come by and pay visit 100 i think for every new one there's always we stay the same and shout out the chutney ivy that must have run fine dining restaurant of the year for the gazillionth time I, i'm guessing oh, I mean, it's probably the most short pick but uh no, shout out the Leicester. It took us enough time to find it. You couldn't find it like social oh. media. But uh, yeah, no. And, and I'll just say, uh, uh, maybe next year will be included. But the uh, the football content awards voting is going on right now for um, for I guess top content creators and for uh, for women's football. Uh, this fan girl is a finalist, and they are coming straight out of Leicester. 
I've always been really good fan of friends uh, of us, New York Foxes, and you know we love everything that they do. So if you do get a chance to check out the, um, I think the fo football content awards voting, uh, you know you don't have to vote for every category. Just um, make sure you don't skip by this fangirl for for best uh, best in women's football. Oh yeah, that's awesome! Shout out to them. Good luck uh, to them, and keep up the good work. Uh, always love hearing about other podcasts because you well, know not a pod, but they uh, they did lots of lots of amazing stuff. Had meetups um, all over the world for the Women's World Cup. Have done uh, started off with a really cool um, portrait and photo series of, of, of women going to you know different Premier League games around oh, the country. Cool. It's kind of turned into this huge um, kind of cult football culture um, organization, and um, a spinoff of that is the Vicky Park Queens, um, my favorite right. local uh, club who uh, play out of Leicester too. That's awesome. awesome. Well, good shout. And uh, on that note, also uh, shout out to Leicester women that start this weekend uh, after a crazy off season of some si some big signings coming into big the signs. side. It's going to be an exciting year for our uh, female foxes. Uh, so we're we're looking forward to that as well. Um, but with, on that note, guys, we're going to wrap up another edition of the U.S. Foxes podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining and spending a few minutes with us talking about our favorite football club. And as always, if you could just give us a share or uh, tell your friends who's also a Leicester fan about us, we would appreciate it because, yeah, this is just uh, all grassroots kind of thing here. So please uh, share the word and spread the love, and we will love you for it. Um, but until next time, guys, for Jason, Jim, and Chris, I am Matt. And we'll see you next time on the U.S. Foxes Podcast. Cheers. Cheers.